welcome everyone to Phone Show Chat, podcast 784, recording this on Saturday the 13th of January 2024. Mr. Ted Salmon's up in North Wales. Hello, greetings again from me to you. <laughs> Are you well in 2024, all going swimmingly? I've, I've got a sore throat and my family had Covid last week, so I'm hoping I'm not going to get it. <laughs> oh yes, we hope, hope that too. Our guest on this podcast hasn't been on for, well, I think, two or three years at least, if not more. It's Jamie Holland. Hi, Jamie. Hello, folks. Yes, at least. Probably probably double that, I think. And all I would say <laughs> is it's, it, it's good that you can't get germs across podcasts because I, I too feel like I've got a bit of a cold. So, uh, oh, dear. <laughs> you, you were, uh, we were just discussing pre-show. You, you had an amazing uh, grasp of the Android world back a decade or so ago, keeping track of all the different models and specifications. But uh, um, quite understandably, the, both the Android world blossoming and also your... your your parenthood for the last decade has rather put a stop to that, but you're still working in IT? I am, yes, this is all true. Um, the, the Android world did get crazy. Uh, it was unsustainable to keep that, that table of phones going, nice though it would have been. And yes, uh, the same time that I kind of gave up was, was when when kids turned up. Uh, lovely though they are, they do put a little bit of strain on your disposable time. Uh, but yeah, all, all good apart from that. Um, Looking forward to catching up with you guys. Looking forward to catching up with everything else, really. But, uh, yeah, all good. Where can people find you online, Jamie? Do you have any online presence, social or otherwise? Yeah, I've done the same thing that Ted's done, actually, and, and probably yourself. I've got one website. Uh, it's called jmoy.co.uk, which is, for those of you who remember many years ago, from the same website I've had for many time, it's the Brummy pronunciation of Jamie. Uh, J-A-M-O-I dot co dot U-K. You'll find links to all my social media accounts and various other bits and bobs there. Jolly good. And Ted is at tedsalmon.com. I'm at stevelitchfield.com, as will be the show notes. And, of course, our wonderful MeWe community. We do have a date in the diary. I didn't mention this last week, but I'll mention it again, Ted. On the 17th of Jan, which is uh, four days away as we record this, or three days away as you listen to this, Samsung event is 6 p.m. UK time, which I reckon is reasonably social for most of our listeners to uh, catch the Samsung S24 series launch live. And you'll be watching, I guess. I guess I will, as long as it's not some stupid showmanship thing like they have been guilty of doing in the past. But this time I'm hoping it's be to be a more of a sober affair. Um, not that there's anything much to reveal because the S24 range has been completely uh, leaked yeah. left, right and centre. The, the, I was reading today um, an article about that and saying that there, there is, there's, there's nothing they can surprise us with. It's just going to be telling us what we already know. So let's hope that they have got something up their sleeve that we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got some... Talking of Samsung, you've got some play system updates have started arriving. Oh, yeah, that play system um, update, which we were talking about a while ago, in relation to the Surface Duo as well, um, it has arrived at last. My um, S23 Ultra, the Flip 5, the Flip Flip 4, um, they were all stuck on July um, play system updates. I know most people don't even look at that, but I do. and interestingly, they just arrived overnight on Friday, I think it was, and no explainer from anyone, not from Google, not from Samsung. I mean, it's Google's job, really, but um, no idea. Anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of people in the UK are reporting it having um, arrived now, so it's all back on track. Um, a mystery for us to just live with. I think there was a theory that uh, Android devices scanned for new Play System updates when you restarted the phone was that was that an urban legend or is that true it's an urban legend 
Um, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't do that at all. It's pushed okay. by Google when they right. fancy pushing it. And yeah. quite often it's done when the phone is being charged. It's quite often done when it's over, uh, left overnight and not busy. There's lots of algorithms going on, but um, it just wasn't being pushed. And and there was um, uh, press coverage about the fact that, that no one knows what's going on, and particularly Samsung devices are way behind on it. Yeah, maybe Samsung um, noticed that, that this these devices were behind and, and someone emailed someone at google and said oh yes we forgot about those devices it seems like me this is an oversight that just got corrected yeah absolutely someone got wrapped on the knuckles jamie you work in security any any thoughts on play system updates being delayed um they shouldn't be <laughs> uh, official word, i mean no in, in a perfect world I, I i mean i know things have changed in the last few years since i was last on but in, in a perfect world obviously every device would be patched as we i guess as we call it but but have have all its updates all the time from from the vendors um whether it be directly or or through the oem systems or whatever it would be and that's the perfect world um it doesn't exist though obviously as we know um so uh, apart from apart from wishing for it um yeah i i I don't keep track of it enough to know exactly how it works under the hood yeah ted i would argue actually that um having observed several uh, smartphone users normobs in my in my environment the last week or so and despairing rather that although we 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 fret about uh, google play security and google play system updates and whether making sure they're up to date otherwise people might be hit by vulnerabilities in actual fact the, the biggest um way in for bad guys is is phishing attacks is sent people sending them texts people sending them sending them emails pretending to be from their bank or whoever and people fall for it and they click the links and they install what uh, what, what gets offered to them i think that's probably the by far the biggest real world uh, uh, vector and i was yeah. reading an article just this week jamie you might have a comment on this too um that said that we all think it's old people that fall for these, but actually they're saying that, no, it's not. It's younger people yeah. that are falling for it, and older people now are becoming a bit more savvy. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't know, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, look, there's, there's, no, there's no human who is perfect. We all know that. We're all, we're all fallible. If someone gets us with the right fish at the right time in the right place, because that's the other thing. It's not necessarily just how good is that phishing email, that phishing SMS, or whatever it is that that's trying to dupe you um if you're in the right state of mind that can affect it as well so if if you know there's 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 talk of particularly in the enterprise world of people trying to uh, go after high value net worth people with this phishing attacks right and uh when you're going after someone specifically like that very targeted you would target a specific time of day and and even a, a specific type of medium so email at this time or sms at this time where you think they'll just try and rush through it and they'll you know Get them with an approval. Oh, you've got to approve this. Oh, yes, whatever. Da, 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 da. Click, 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 and it's done, right? Um, you get people at the right time, at the right place, in the right frame of mind. Anyone can fall for it. It doesn't matter how old they are. Yeah, just picture the bad guy um, texting Ted Salmon right at this exact instant while recording PSC saying, free Marshall Acton 3 speaker. Click here to install the updater and claim your free speaker, Ted. You see, I, I wouldn't fall for it. I, <laughs> I think I think we're so savvy um, now, uh, our crowd, that we just wouldn't fall for it. I, I'd be really surprised if anyone did, because immediately I see anything, even remotely connected to anything like that. I smell a rat. Um, I think we've got thick skin and we've been hardened to this now. Um, but there you go. Did you listen to um, Tech Addicts last weekend where we were talking about the container ship that was um, <laughs> <I did. laughs> was powered by nuclear power? 
Uh, you, I mean, you're a physicist. That what they were suggesting was, well, in fact, they weren't suggesting it. They were saying this Chinese company had been um, had created, made already this nuclear powered ship. Um, and it never needs refueling after it leaves the factory. They make it, they build it in, that's the end of it. Up pops this article this week in the tech press that says, hang on a minute, we reckon that that um, could be uh, developed in phones. You buy a phone, you never need to charge it. And 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 apparently there's a company in China who are um, they've announced that they're developing this. And this looks a bit scary, does it, Steve, or impossible or what? Well, the, the, the nuclear powered ship, it, I mean, it, it, you can make it, but it wouldn't work in terms of the never needs fueling context. You get all the management of the, the nuclear process, the taking away of the used radioactive waste, picking up new plutonium rods once a quarter, all of that stuff. Having said that, nuclear-powered container ships, they are just possible. They would just be very expensive uh, to make, maintain, or at least keep safe. But the phone thing, there's no way it will work, Ted. It's <laughs> pie in the sky because they're a factor of at least 100 and possibly 1,000 down where they need to be to have a chance in mobile. Um, in terms of the, the, the power the power put out by these the chips reported in this article, um, and which is down in the 100 microwatts, I think it was, which is just ridiculously small in terms of in terms of the power needed to power the cellular antenna and our smartphones and the processors and the RAM and so forth. Plus, who wants a nuclear cell in their pocket next to their junk? <laughs> next to their next to their genitals. Yes. Yeah. Well, you better tell this Chinese company because they're running with it apparently. Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> it sounds wild, absolutely wild. Uh, no, not for me, thanks. <laughs> It's more realistic when they had um, the idea of phones that were powered by little dynamos. And as you walked around in your daily life, it was generating power that trickle charged your battery. And that would keep keep your battery charged. Or you know, obviously having a solar cell at the top of the front or on the sides of the phone. And again, trickling the battery, uh, charging it all the time. All these things are possible. We love our chi charging. But no, to have a phone you, you buy and has enough micronuclear power out of the factory to power it for its entire life that it's completely so far out, uh, up in cloud cuckoo land that you can't see it okay there all oh, right yeah. that's it. <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. we've, we've got watches like classic watches haven't we that, that can take solar power and and dynamo yeah. power and movement power and stuff but yeah they they require very little juice don't they in comparison yeah, your 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 phone needs you know a few watts of power, and that, a, a watt is an awful lot more than a few microwatts. But uh, yeah, yeah, and and the reason the reason people worry about uh, making phone calls and having the phones next to their ear and irradiating their head because there's a serious amount of power there, and there's no way you can do that from some kind of microcell. Anyway, they used to say that about Bluetooth. No, the Bluetooth, <laughs> well, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Um, and cellular radiation, they're all next to me in my office all day long, and I haven't died of cancer yet, and that was been 20, 30 years. So I rest yeah, my you're case. too young. <laughs> you mean I will keel over next year, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Jamie, remind people, you know, where do you live? Um, they can probably tell by your accent. <laughs> what, what do you do as a, for a living? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I work in IT security uh, in terms of what I do for a living. Um for a, a security vendor, the biggest one on the planet, actually. Um, I'm now in my 40s. I think when I was last here, I was in my 30s. Um, so there you go. Things move on. Um, but, yeah, I, I live in Birmingham, just north of Birmingham, uh, with my amazing wife, two awesome sons. They're now 10 and 8. Um, I think last time I was on, 
they were one and three. Uh, oh, so wow. there you go. Yeah, yeah, seven years. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in IT security pretty much my entire career, um, 2004 actually. So it's it's what I do. It's it's mostly enterprise security stuff. So probably um, not on the scale that we all work on day to day with our our own home networks and uh, and bits and bobs. But it's still I still find it massively interesting. And there's always consideration for mobile in there, just because obviously mobile devices are so ubiquitous. Um, and I, I remember a couple of years into my career when there was a big thing about the consumerization of IT. And it was this theory that not theory, but a description of the, the, the way the industry was at the time. You know, people had these amazing smartphones in their pockets and, and, and they were way more powerful and, and had way more features than the, the silly dumb phones that they were getting issued by their companies. And companies were scratching and, and working out how to catch up with this and, and that was a big movement at the time and that's all kind of gone by the wayside now is you know smartphones and tablets and everything are so ubiquitous um, yeah. the challenge is now keeping your data um our own data i guess as consumers and enterprises they want to obviously keep keep their data safe they don't want to be on the the pages of the news because all their data has been leaked or, or locked up by a, a ransomware attack that kind of you know gathers up and encrypts all your data and takes it away from you or, or anything like that. And, you know, mobile can be a vector for that. So it's, it's something we always consider, although not something I sort of work on prominently. Yeah, yeah. I, I get terrified when I get emails saying that, that one of my family, has their Google account, the password's been changed. I think, was that them or was that some hacker? And, of course, things like the Google account or your iPhone account, Apple account, or your Microsoft account, they can be the keys to the kingdom if they're the the backup email oh, yeah. for some service. So I, I live in a, in a constant state of paranoia, Jamie, with my family and friends, and they're they're all using the same password from multiple services and clicking on links, and I'm just sitting there a, a nervous wreck. Yeah, it's true, and and this, it's hard to it's it's hard to preach um, the the ideas of having a different password for every account and using as many multi-factor uh, well using multi-factor on as many services as possible or certainly the important services that you have the important accounts that you have and um and things like that it, it's it's hard it's hard going because security is always in this place where um the more security you put in the less convenient it is so people will take the easy routes um unless they've got a good reason not to and you typically find that, that most people in, in consumer world um, will take that easy route until such time that they do get compromised in some yeah. way, shape or form. And then they learn from it and then they're very heightened and aware of it. Um, I mean, like you said, Ted, earlier with phishing and things like that, maybe, you know, maybe that's just a natural thing that you've, you've got over time from being in tech or maybe, you know, people get to that state because they have been fished before. But however they get there, it's, it's a generally good thing, um, you know. My, my sister had one of her accounts uh, taken over a couple of years ago. And now anytime she sees anything that's even half suspicious, she takes a screenshot and sends it to me because she's just so paranoid. So, you know, you can go too much, but, um, you know, I, it's hard going. Right? I'd love everyone to have unique passwords to every account, user password manager, have MFA, preferably not with SMS, blah, blah, blah. Like we, we could set these lofty goals, but it's it's hard work getting all of your friends and family to get there. I do. I do understand well, that. One of the things that, uh, that has happened in my family is that uh, my mum and dad, who are in their 80s, have now got to the point where they they are also looking out for stuff. And they, they, they've got to the point where they, they, they do the same as what you su- just suggested. They send anything at all to me to say, is that all right? My mum did it just yesterday. She got mm. an, e- an email from what looked like 
it was from Amazon about something, and it turned out that it wasn't. And I said, no, that's another uh, uh, scam. And and so the point I'm making is that, you know, even ordinary people, perhaps people that know people like us, are getting the message. Mm. Mm. Which is only a good thing. It's only a mm. good thing. Mm. Um, if, if there's a trusted person, if everyone had a trusted person like like someone in our community, then that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, sadly, that's probably not the case. So we've still got work to do as an industry and, and society without getting too philosophical about it. But yeah, we, yeah. we've we've got a way to go with that. Um, you know, I, I think there's enough people pushing for things like going passwordless um, in general with with all of our accounts and things. That in a you know if I came back in a few years time I don't think we'd be using passwords anymore. Um, hopefully anyway uh, I think we'll have moved on to better ways to do it. Um, either either app based on on phones or whether it's with USB tokens or whatever we use. Um, but I think there'll be better ways to do it um, in the future. So that that's kind of I almost think that before we convince all of our friends and family and and um, non technical geek people <laughs> to uh, to use a password manager and have unique passwords for everything, I feel like passwords might go the way of, uh, of the dodo, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. So what do you think that the crooks will do then, then? I mean, you know, they're going to be one step, they're trying to be one step ahead. If that door is closed, they're going to be on to some other scheme, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And we've already seen that with passwords in MFA. So there are various um, ways that people will try to, um, if they believe they compromised your password and the next step is to get into that account of yours, they need the six-digit code, you know, the MFA code. They'll try and fish you for that as well. Um, you know, the old phoning you up saying, I'm from Technical Sport, I need you to read me out the number or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that, that's that's quite unique. That's quite targeted again. Um, but certainly um, more so in the States, I think, just because of how their, their, um, their mobile carriers are kind of set up and how they run. But you, you hear a lot more stories from the from stateside about, uh, taking over people's cell phone accounts um, so they you know if you get someone's passwords and then you get access to their phone number and their sms you know the amount of uh, multi-factor authentication that comes to sms again you've, you've you're almost at the keys of the kingdom at that point um, so if we rely too heavily on mfa we've got to make sure it's quote unquote good mfa um, most people in the in the enterprise security world would, would tell you that they don't want to rely on SMS for MFA anymore. They would prefer people have the authenticator apps, whether it's like a Google authenticator or yeah. Authy is another one, you know, all those apps. Um, so yet, there'll be other ways. And yet the banks are the ones that seem to be holding out the longest on the SMS thing, don't they? In my experience, they're the ones the, the, that you would be the most wary of. And yet they're saying, they're lagging behind. I've got other stuff on Google Authenticator, but not my banking. Mm. Yeah, most of the banks seem to roll their own MFA. They don't. Mm. They don't sort of give you, um, hey, you know, use your own um, yeah. uh, token generating app of choice. Just scan this QR code to get the seed, and away you go. They tend to roll their own. Um, some of them are incredibly frustrating. Like they've, I, you know, I, there's one on on Android that insists on using its own you know, keyboard. It, it, you know, it doesn't use the system keyboard, and and that that frustrates the the living out of me. And um, and some of the more modern banks are a lot better about it. Um, I think now when I, I log into Monzo, for example, I think it does a one of those things where you have to re- record a little video of you saying something or doing something and. Things like that. So now we're into. If you think that multi MFA multi factor authentication has to be a different factor. So yeah, we we talk about a password as something you know, um, 
And then the, the token code came from the idea of something you have. So it's like you have your ha- your phone, which generates the code. So I need to know your password and have your phone. And having multiple factors is supposed to make it harder for the attacker, right? Well, the, another type of factor is something you are, which is biometrics. So now we're talking fingerprints and uh, face scans and iris scans. And then we talk about your voice and things like that. So those are another level of factors that we could use as, as authentication, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2024, as we are now, there's even threat to that with AI, um, the, the ease with which you can um, simulate someone's voice, uh, even simulate a video of them. If you have, you know, sample videos and sample audio clips, you know, generative AI can look at that and then generate uh, audio that sounds very much like you. So there are threats to that as well. Um, and we just, as a as an industry, uh, are always trying to stay one step ahead of, of those who are trying to attack us. I think that game will carry on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. In terms of um, face ID and fingerprint sensors, I, I noticed from your device list, and we'll cover some of the phones you've been using since you were last on, which is quite a few, but um, I noticed most of them are Android and most of them are fingerprint sensor-based. There is an iPhone in there, but it's pre-face ID. Have you had a chance to sort of try a sort of face face recognition, sort of Apple style with 3D laser dots, etc. No, no, because like you say, I, I, the only reason I keep an iPhone uh, originally was to do the parental controls on my kids' iPads. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So it was a very small use case. Uh, it didn't matter what version of iOS uh, within reason right. or, or okay. what version yeah. of hardware it was. So no. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear by Face ID because I just think it's so much more secure and, and less have a hassle. Um, fingerprint sensors. I love my fingerprint sensors, and I've got them on just about every Android phone I've got here. But all of them, with my 62-year-old thumbs, they require one or two presses to to recognise. It's just that a tiny bit of hassle. But I understand that for younger people, that things are much more reliable. Um, tickets. Some of your devices. Um, let's start with 2017 or so. Um, Google Pixel 2 sounds about roughly where you were when you were last on the show. But you've you, you've since been through the Pixel 3, 4, 5 twice. You bought it twice. <laughs> And, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Pixel 4, which did have some kind of level of face recognition with the um, is it the Soli system, the, 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 the radar yes. system. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, I I quite like that, actually. Yeah, it, it was it was almost a grind uh, when the 5 came out. I, I think um, missing that. But then the, the yeah. 5's fingerprint sensor was on the back. It was, it was very was, good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was very reliable, very reliable. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that, that Pixel, the first Pixel 5... Um, suffered uh, an unexpected um <laughs> disassembly okay. so um <laughs> as elon musk would say <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah um so the 4a was like a a bridging device at the time okay. um i was right. i was waiting to see the, what the six or seven probably the six was going to be like they released it there wasn't they got they went bigger again they went too big for my liking and so i went okay i'll, I'll go back to a five couldn't buy one new so i bought one off the forum yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of jumped around a bit, but why I, I I would still prefer to have it on the back. The the Pixel Eight I have now. Um, you, you talk about younger people. I mean, I'm I'm 41. I it takes me a good two or three goes to get that that fingerprint under the yeah. under the screen going. Um, I would much prefer it on the back as it was with the five, um, particularly with a case on because it all it guided your finger perfectly onto the sensor yes, yes, like yes. every time. So you, you and almost as you pick the phone up your finger naturally lands there. So before you've even thought about it, your phone is unlocked. It, it was yeah. it was a thing of beauty. And, and, you know, right now, particularly next week when it gets uh, 
towards freezing in the UK. Yeah, there's the whole gloves thing, and that's where the, the facial recognition helps a bit. If you had a bit of both, you know, for different seasons, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, but of course, if, if I'm guessing for you, seeing as you've been Android more or less since day one, the thought of going to an iPhone just to get better authentication is, is anathema. And you, you want your flexibility and you want your, your Android customization. Yes, yeah. Um, I think I was originally enthused with Android, like a lot of us, because you could tinker with it so much. Yeah. Um, at both operating systems, when they're in their you know, earlier years, they didn't do all the things we wanted them to do. We were either rooting them, jailbreaking them, or just using, particularly on Android, some of the great apps, uh, Tasker comes to mind, Swiss Army Knife, you could get that thing to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It would take almost take almost any trigger of any event or thing happening and then do almost anything with it. So at that point, it was a big if this, then that machine, which was amazing. Um, these days, I find the operating system does most of what I want it to do. And I'm sure an iPhone would also do the same thing. It's just I've got so far down the road that unless there was a really compelling reason, I, I wouldn't bother yeah. to switch. It would just be too much effort, which is a really sad, <laughs> sad indictment. But, you know, uh, the, the, my time for tinkering is far less these days. My disposable time's gone down. So, you know, something that just works, uh, which is obviously classically an Apple phrase, <laughs> with the Pixel line, it's, it's great. It's always up to date. It's, I know what's coming out and, you know, that works for me. I notice another theme in all the devices you've had in the last six or seven years. Well, in fact, going back to when phones were that size anyway, you've always gone for the smaller size where possible. And you even include the Unihertz Jelly 2, which I seem to remember was quite a small phone. That's a very small phone, yes. Yeah. I've had two Unihertz devices, um, a Jelly Pro and then a new. the newer version was the Jelly 2. Uh, As a main phone up... or is just a, like a pub phone? No, it's actually a running phone. Um, oh, okay, yeah, so... yeah. And that they are super small, like uh, I'm trying to think of what the dimensions might be, but probably an inch and a half by two and a half inches or something yeah. like around that yeah. kind of size, like really, really small. Um, kind of hard to type on, truth be told. But when I'm going out to running events or, or running long, I, I'm a long distance runner, so I, I can go out and run for sort of 20 miles. And at that point, when you're going that far from home, um, I, I do want a phone on me. Normally, if I'm just doing smaller runs uh, around the parks near me, I, I try not to take my phone. I use it as downtime. Um, but when I'm going far distances, that's that's what I want. And um, it goes on one of those little pouches on my arm. But it's it's a it's a pouch on my arm that I've had for about 20 years. And yeah. no modern phones would actually <laughs> fit in that pouch anymore. So, And I don't want, like, an iPhone Max on my arm. It's like a, a house brick waving off my arm. Like. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, you can, the, the smallest iPhone that's worth recommending is probably the iPhone 13 mini. And that was the last Mini they ever made, sadly. I still think there's a market for that because they're dinky little phones. But there we go. Apple seems to have moved into the, the plus territory, which admittedly in the modern age with media watching and so forth is where most people want to go. Do I, so you don't watch media and YouTube in your lunch hour, that sort of thing? No, I mean, I'm, I'm based from home permanently and have been. I was before uh, we had lockdowns and pandemics and things like that, and I still am now. So I, okay. I have less. That's another thing. I used to be a, wo a road warrior. Uh, a few years ago, I was kind of in technical sales, basically. So I was traveling around seeing customers a lot on trains, in the car. And so I, I probably used the phones more to their ex fullest extent. You know, I'd, I'd be using navigation a lot more. I'd be consuming more media, consuming more everything on the phone, truth be told. So that's probably another reason why I've stuck to almost the same thing for the last few years, I guess, because I don't push them that hard uh, anymore. Um, like you say, I have, I have a, a specific device for a specific use case in running. 
Um, so yeah, I, I feel I don't need it. I, I, but like, like you say, if, if Apple are going one way and you would prefer it the other way, there's nothing you can really do do about it. Um, yeah, I'd still, I've got this in the show notes later down, but I'd, I'd still love things like, you know, the 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 sliding camera lens cover that we had in some of the Nokia yeah, uh, yeah, series yeah, yeah, yeah. and things yeah. like that. I'd love truly phone sized phones. I'd love to not be relying on streaming so much. I'd love to not have everything in the world be a subscription where, you know, previously yeah, you could yeah. pay for things and you, and you had them. Um, but all of these things in the market, I, I feel like I sound really old now, but uh, all of these <laughs> things in the market have moved on. Companies have gone another way. Um, and they've kind of all gone that way on mass. So it's kind of like, well, you just kind of deal with it and get on with it. So yeah, the Pixel 8's about as, as phone size phone as you can get these days. Uh, I I would pay more to have the like the better camera that's in in the pro version. Um, I just don't want the size of it. So if they made it, I'd give them my money. What can you say? It'd be interesting if Google put in the Pixel Eight Pro's cameras, including I including the periscope telephoto, into the, the Pixel Nine. In other words, they, they do what Apple tends to do, which is in the following year after they've introduced a, a, a Zoom innovation or Zoom implementation. They then some, somehow find a way of putting it into their small phone the following year. So a Pixel 9 standard, but with a, a Periscope, an excellent Zoom software in the, from the Google Pixel team. I think that would be a really compelling takeaway. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they, I never look at them too heavily, but the, the, the A versions that they do in the summer, right, in between the main versions, they're kind of a little bit like that. You feel like they take some of the previous major versions yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. into that. But then they, they always seem to be too hampered in, in some other way, whether it's then it's a couple of, I don't know, the, the, the CPU is a couple of generations old or the battery small or, or there's some other reason why you wouldn't want it. But, um, yeah, I I, yeah, I I would give them my money for that if they wanted to make it. But um, I suspect I suspect they won't. Yeah. Do you use your phones naked, as it were, or just you have, are you a TPU man? Uh, I'm a case. Yeah, I always have a case. Um, good man, good man. I, I, yeah, just too afraid. Of, I, I would, I regularly drop them. Um, I get through quite a few screen protectors. That alone tells me that I should go and not have a case. <laughs> um, in terms of your security knowledge and experience, I know you're more enterprise, but how do you, what's your gut feel? How are we actually doing in terms of pure pure security in terms of iOS and Android in 2024? Are, are today's defaults, are they enough to pr- protect the mainstream across the board without them having to worry? I feel like things have got so much better now. Um, I really do. I think we talk less Good. and you see less in the industry about um, major terrible vulnerabilities, for example, in the operating systems, at the heart of the operating systems or or in their core functionality, which, you know, again, eight, nine years ago, particularly with Android, uh, that was always a problem. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a big vulnerability, a big problem with Android version X. Um, well, that, that sucks because no, none of the OEMs are going to upgrade to the new version that's got, that, yeah. that's got the fix for that problem. So that was always a problem for ages. We talked about the play services and things like that earlier in the podcast and, you know, taking those bits out of the core operating system so they can be updated separately yeah. and without without the OEMs getting in the way is fantastic. That that helps cover a lot of ground as well. So um, And that's almost forced upon users. It's not something they have to accept or allow or most of the time doesn't need a reboot or any, anything annoying like that that, that normal people, non-geek people would be frustrated with. So that's great. Um, Things like your your Apple account, your Google account, uh, I guess your Samsung account, um, 
things like that are obviously such high value accounts. When you look at everything you have um, alongside your email account and your banking, things like that are, are so critical. They're the things that have to, I would say, non-negotiable, have to have multi-factor authentication and have to yeah. um, be strong. Have, all of those things should have their own passwords. If nothing else, if everything else, you know, all the random online shops you go to, if they all had the same password, but all the critical yeah. accounts had unique yeah. passwords, that's one thing I do say to people. That would be that would be amazing. And if they have MFA, that's all great. Um, nothing's infallible, obviously. But like I say, I feel the operating systems have got to a great level of maturity. You don't tend to hear too much about amazing, terrible holes and vulnerabilities. So it does come down now when you say, you know, what what state are we in today? Are the defaults good enough? Yeah, I think I think if you sign up for a new account now, it, it almost forces you to have a new uh, MFA on your Apple or your Google account. Um, and it's more about the things we we're talking earlier. It's it's the human side of things, you know, making sure people don't get get duped by the the, the dodgy emails, the dodgy text messages, and WhatsApps even these days, um, yeah. trying to get you to do something that you uh, that you otherwise wouldn't if you were thinking about it. Mind you, when when updates do appear, major OS updates, the user has to say yes. I was with a customer yesterday, and their their iPad said it. Uh, I thought, well, I'll just I'll check this up to date, and I had a look, and it said this iPad can only be updated um, via iTunes on a PC. So we went and installed iTunes on her PC, and then it's and it said, do you wish to upgrade from iOS twelve to iOS seventeen? So I know you're not an iOS man, Jamie. That's five years out of date she, she had bought the, the ipad in 20 i guess it was 2019 and hadn't updated it once and apparently i asked her about it every time it popped up a message saying there's an os update available she always say not now or later or no and she's been doing this for five years and i guess people who work in security this must really up really really irritate you when the customers refuse your hard work and just refuse to be helped yes yes i guess that whole you know getting the getting the capital water type thing <laughs> comes up but I, I i think we're getting better at things like that when i say we i mean the vendors of operating systems mostly uh, i think i think they kind of get more pestering and pestering now these days um I, I think windows for example gives you like a few a few goes and then it says right you, oh, you've skipped enough times we're, <laughs> yeah. we're doing it now sorry yeah. we're doing it now yeah. and you just kind of hope that you're not in the middle of something important but um yeah i i would like I said, security is always at odds with convenience, but I think that will be there forevermore with IT. So it's never going to be the perfect time for your device to be out of use for 10 minutes or however long it takes to, to, to do the software update and then the reboot, but just do it. <laughs> what about the thing we often talk about when a device reaches end of life, end of support and updates these from the manufacturer, they see from Google, how long can they actually, actually be used for in the real world any thoughts uh well functionally years um if i were to um if i were to state that that use case of my running phone before the new unihertz jelly came out i was using the other one which hadn't you know had any operating <laughs> system updates for a long time yeah. because we have that android ecosystem problem that we've had for yeah. pretty much forever with android so i i have ways myself of mitigating that i that phone runs on a separate google account so I don't use my main Google account on that, for example. Um, I also have a, um, someone mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, actually. I've got a Books um, Onyx Nova, so like an e-reader tablet thing. Again, I've got a totally separate uh, account for that because I don't trust how often that's going to have updates or 
I don't even know when it's going to be quote unquote end of life or end of support. I don't necessarily know. It's pretty non-transparent as to when they are or aren't going to keep updating it. It's not like Google and Apple who have very clear policies of, you know, this device has updates for two years, three years, five years, however long, and then you're on, you know, then you're on your own. And of course we all know functionally things will keep working. Um, the, uh, the, the, my, my two kids have now got Android tablets, but they had iPads because I, I believed at the time iPads were the, probably the best tablets for what they needed. Um, they got to the point where they, they couldn't have the latest version of iOS. The hardware was too old. Still ran them for a bit. Wasn't overly happy about it. And it, truth be told, it was only when certain apps that they wanted wouldn't run yeah, on yeah. the older version that I caved in and, and upgraded them and, and looked at whether to get new iPads or new Android tablets. So, Functionally fine, but things like that that are not critical. You know, my, my kids' iOS accounts are heavily supervised and things like that, so I wasn't too worried about that. My other devices have got separate Google accounts, limits the exposure there. Personally, I wouldn't want to run anything that's end of life, end of support, that's not getting patched, um, or that I didn't trust the OEM to do the patching. Um, I'd love to go back and try some Sony phones and, and some other phones because I have a long you know love for them from the past and if it's a vendor that's making a, a phone size phone with high spec, I'd love to try it. But it, ultimately, if I can't trust them to get anywhere near the, the monthly security updates and things like that, it, it makes me not want to do it. So that that's my opinion. Um, I'm not so you can see I'm not like 100 percent hardline on it, but there's 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 times and places for for having exceptions. Ted, was it was Jamie the one who originally coined the phrase phone size phone, or is that someone else? Am I mis- misremembering? <sighs> I don't remember. My brain's older than yours. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but I honestly can't remember. Jamie, do you remember? Well, if not, I jumped on the back of it and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very descriptive. Um, in, we always ask our listeners if they've got any apps they want to recommend to PSC um, subscribers, listeners, etc., etc. And you've picked five here that I haven't heard of any of them. So do you want to lead off and Ted will put the links to each of the apps in the show notes. Oh, wow, that's quite impressive. That's like Google whacking to know to have a few apps that Steve doesn't know or Ted. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll rattle through them quickly then if you want to do all of them, which is yeah. number one, brain.fm. Um, this is uh, a music service, but it's music designed specifically for working, learning, focusing, things like that. So there is apparently some science behind how their music has been composed um, and you can choose the level of which it will help you concentrate. So high, medium or low neural effect. Um, and they have an app. They also have a desktop website as well. But I actually use the app quite often because I have it connected to my Bluetooth uh, headphones. So I use that every day at work. Um, my work pattern is now that I need to sit down and, and work on something for a couple of hours. So that really helps me focus. And instead of like wandering off or going to social media or doing other things, I found it really helps. Um might not work for everyone, but I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, so yeah, it be yeah. different. Here's a subscription service. I think there's a free month or free couple of weeks or something, but there isn't really a, a free yeah, tier. Yeah. So you can try it if you want. Uh, Stocard, S-T-O card, is just a consolidation of all of your um, uh, uh, vouchers or uh, what do you call it? Loyalty cards. That's yeah. It. yeah. Um, so for us in the UK, like your Tesco, Sainsbury's and all things like that, um, and it's just nice in the way that I can get it to order them in how often I use them. So the right one's always at the top. I find that really easy to use rather than having an app for every single shop or every single place that has a loyalty card, which is everywhere these days, which 
I'm going to take their money, but I don't want to have like another hundred apps just because I want to take their money. Do you not feel as though that, that that's in wallet anyway? Um, because while he was speaking there, I was thinking to myself, well, actually, it's all in Google Wallet for me, and and whatever store card or loyalty card I want, I can just add it. Some I found a couple that won't add, but you're right. I am thinking in sometime soon, maybe I won't even need an app for that, which would be even better. So yeah, okay. I do yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the third one is called One SE, which stands for One Second Every Day, which does what it says in the tin. So the idea with this is like a little life blogging, video blogging, I don't know how you describe it. But the idea is you record a, a one second of video every day. And if you do that for long enough, you can then um, mash it together, as they call it. Um, basically just com- compiles you a, a little life video. So I've been doing this um, with the kids and, and my wife now for the last two or three years. So I take a a second a day clip of something it'll prompt you a couple of times during the day hey you haven't taken your video yet um and it's just really good like we we've just had new year here uh, at the start of january we are so um at the uh i think the second or third of january i realized oh yeah it's time so we go and mash that together and then we get a nice little eight to nine minute video i think it is of um of the entire year of everything you see all through the seasons all the things we did all the birthdays and the other events and just a really nice and, and really well designed app, in my opinion, a uh, way of doing something like that, keeping track of your life and having little little mementos of each year, each month or whatever. Can you customise it so that you can take two seconds if you want to, or are you li- li- literally limited to one second? Uh, I've got it set to one and a half seconds, actually. Yeah. I yeah, don't know if you yeah. can go any more than that, because you're right. One second is surprisingly tricky sure. <laughs> for some things. Yeah. Even when you're trying to get like uh, kids singing happy birthday to someone, like you can just about get happy birthday if it's quick enough into one and a half seconds. So, <laughs> yeah. Number four. Uh, number four is split wise. Um, this is quite pertinent. Actually, I'm about to go on a snowboarding trip. A few of us will go there. People will pay for different meals or, or get a round of drinks or someone will do the ski hire or whatever. Basically, you then uh, all join a particular event in split wise and say, I paid for this and it was this much. Someone else will say, I paid for this, this was that much. And instead of trying to divide up each thing or balance it all out, it will at the end of the day, at the end of the trip or the event or whatever it is you're taking care of, you press a button and it just works out uh, the quickest and, and less, least transactions way of everyone settling with each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. So really, really useful. Um, again, just a, a tiny little use case. Kind of feel like it shouldn't be an entire app, but it's really convenient and useful. Very good, very good. Last if one. that's the kind of thing you need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is 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 a bunch of stuff, actually. Um, there's a, a person, Bart Bonte, I believe it would be pronounced, and he's got a series of games which are just named colours. So there's black, red, blue, orange, pink, green, yellow. You get the idea. Um, and these games are just multi-level games. And the the interesting thing with this is the first thing you have to do on each level is work out how you even clear the level. So each level is like something random. Um, so level one, two, three, four, five, and so on. And it might be that you have to, uh, cover, in level two, you've got to move things around to cover up two so it's disappeared. And then level three, you might have to twiz, rotate things around to make the three or whatever it might be. So it's a nice little brain game. Um, and it's not obvious, like I say, on each level, what you have to do just to clear the level. So that's the first challenge is like, what I've actually got to do. And the second challenge is doing it. So, um, yeah, good for good for some, wasting some time if you need a, a game just to play for a few minutes. Saves where you are. You clear a couple of levels and then go back to whatever it was you were waiting for. 
That looks great. I'm always looking out for things like that for my mum because my mum gets bored really easily and I'm firing over these kind of word games for her to do and that looks like it's a whole bunch of stuff. As long as it's not kind of based around um, uh, the appeal for children, then that would be a bit, um, you know, she wouldn't want that. But it looks like there's there's more than that there. Oh, yeah, it's not not focused on kids. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, My my eldest eldest has a go, but uh, after about normally 10 to 15 levels he starts to struggle a bit but they're not focused on kids they're um i i, I find them uh i find them really good yeah now are you okay to stay with us for the rest of the show jamie of course jolly good in that case mr ted salmon will you flip and get on with your flipping devices this flipping week <laughs> yeah last week i was waiting for um my flip five to arrive and it did on monday and so I've spent the whole week, the whole week with it in <laughs> my, uh, with my SIM card in it. The things that, um, I thought that I was going to like over the Motorola experience, um, have come to fruition, I think. Um, mainly the fact that Samsung have just thought through the whole way in which the, the cover screen works much, much better than Motorola yeah. did, I think. But before I get there, I'll just, quickly run through the differences there's not many of them between the flip four and the flip five firstly there's an upgrade to the gorilla glass it closes flat um now you've um, found some diagrams to demonstrate how that works between the two devices haven't you yeah yeah well i'll just put these in the show notes actually because i think it's very clear it's nicked from samsung's site but it does show exactly how the screen folds in a teardrop shape inside a moving mechanism which kind of splays apart as you close the phone to allow the teardrop to expand clever stuff i'll put it in the show notes for you ted okay um nextly next up is a increase in the brightness of the screen to 1750 nits which i can't honestly say that i noticed but yeah great there's a, an increase in the snapdragon chipset from uh, uh, 8 gen 2 to i'm uh, sorry 8 gen um, so i'll say that again 8 plus gen 1 <laughs> <laughs> to 8 gen 2 um, there's a Bluetooth upgrade, there's a UFS upgrade, there's a, more importantly, I think, a USB-C upgrade to um, from 2 to 3.2, which gives it the support it needs to do what I like to refer to as what Sony phones do. Yeah. Um, so you can you can plug a cable in and you can expect a complete screen mirror of what you're doing and you can get it out to other devices. Yeah, and there's also much more capacity because data is at 10 times the speed of USB 2. So I think that, yep. that will aid you in various ways as well. So that does help, in, uh, um, absolutely. Um, there's support till 2028, um, which is one year more than the Flip 4, of course, because it's a year newer. Um, and that there's that big outside screen. And I think that that's what matters, really, and that's what I wanted to come to. Um, it, uh, I, I put some photographs in the show notes there for you both to see of um, so a screenshot of the difference between the Motorola and the um, uh, and the Flip Five on the outside screen, and I think it's obvious. Uh, yeah, I, please feel free to comment, but it seems to me to be obvious what the difference is. Is that people with aging eyes on the Motorola at the top there, the the fonts are just yeah. tiny. And the, the fonts they've used on the um, Samsung are just much, much better. The iconry is much better. Now, I know what you're going to say, uh, someone's going to say, is that, well, just zoom up the um, the Motorola font. Well, if you do that, then 
you 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 get rid of all the usefulness of the outside screen because everything is so big if you i mean i tried that on the motorola with messaging for example and once you get the keyboard on there if you if you zoom it out you you literally can't see the the field that you're typing into because it's off the top of the screen <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just been really badly thought out and so samsung have done that better any comments yeah it, it, samsung have clearly put a lot more work into the, the the software as you they tend to motorola i i know they have some lovely motorola utilities that we both like ted but ultimately they don't have a huge software team in comparison to samsung any thoughts jamie yeah i guess it's it's needing the software to, to be appropriate for the hardware um I'm intrigued by flip phones. I haven't had one. I don't know anyone who's got one, so I guess that's why I haven't even thought about it yet. But um, you've, you've got to have the right software experience for this whole different genre of hardware, haven't you? Like you say, Absolutely, Ted, like there's yeah. no good, no good just saying crank crank the uh, crank the DPI or whatever. It's it's not as easy as that. No, absolutely. And 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 Motorola have just missed it. I think. Well, certainly for me, if I had um 18 year old eyes i might think differently i suppose but they've just missed it they've tried to make the outside screen exactly the same experience as the inside screen samsung yeah. have, have have made it they've said no we're not doing that we're going to make our own cards we're going to make our own way of 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 making sure that the experience on the outside is good even though it might be not be exhaustive it's still good and there is a, a good lock module where you can actually add applications if you want to and some of those work some don't but it's a good lock module so you don't have to include it um and there are half a dozen apps where you can add uh, which you can add um through a, a um a flag in the labs in the the phone as well if you want to which samsung themselves have done a not good lock but anyway I'm really impressed with the what they've done on the outside of that. Um, I'm impressed with the hardware as well. In the hand, it opens very much like the same as the Flip 4. The Flip 4 feels a bit more solid in holding um, its position at different um, angles. I don't quite know what that's about, but there it is. Um, it's really nice and reassuring that it closes flat, so no gap at all when you close it up. And that's surprisingly, I, I, it didn't bother me, to be honest, but I wasn't someone that's going to go down the beach very often. Um, but I guess that's the way it is. Slippery as a, a bar of soap is my next <laughs> um, is my next point. It really is the most slippery phone since the Nexus 4. And it's, um, yeah, I, there's no way you could use it without a, a TPU. And so I got a TPU. Really fast around the UI. Um, Android 14's on board with One UI 6 and January security, so bang up to date. Um, the speakers against the Flip 4, I think actually the Flip 4 is slightly ahead in volume, um, and the quality is about the same. GSM Arena disagrees with that analysis, but it's, they do admit that it's very, very close. So I don't think there's, going to be, there's been much change between the Flip 4 and the Flip 5 in terms of um, audio, Steve. I think they're probably the same components and just just hearing very slight differences in the physical cavity dimensions inside, yeah. um, you know, very subtle, subtleties like that. Indeed. USB-C 3.2 we've mentioned, that works really well. The cover screen we've done, and uh, as I say, it's oodles better. The battery um, is 25-watt charging, which is kind of slow, but, you know, the good thing about the battery is I'm surprised at how well it's lasting. It is better than the... Um, the flip four's battery um particularly on the uh the the all day use so that the reading my 10 percent reading test um came to two hours uh approximately now the interesting bit here steve is that it came to two hours 
whether I was doing it on the cover screen or the inside screen. Um, now, I thought that was a bit odd because the outside screen is 720p. The inside screen is um, 1080p. Um, the screen is physically smaller. But I've tested this across the week. And I know that day one and day two, probably not so much. But day four, five and six, it's doing the same thing. And I keep testing it. Any thoughts on that? Well, I presume you're using a dark theme on your yeah. being AMOLED. So the screen possibly isn't the the largest consumer of power. I think that what you're seeing is that modern phones have such fast processors that the processor and the RAM and so and the various other electronics are, are probably drawing more power than the screen. So the screen size is is less important. So whether it's this the smaller outside screen or the larger inside screen, you've got a similar level of power draw from the battery okay right okay well that seems to be holding out and and as you say because yeah very consistently the same doesn't matter if it's open or closed yeah. um yeah but the all day good back the, the all day battery is pretty good i'm looking at it now and um average day for me it's seven forty-five in the evening and it's been off charge since about 10 o'clock this morning then i did my my 10 percent reading test and we're on 72 percent so I've got no complaints at all about that battery. Really good. Um, in terms of call management, me and my mum <laughs> really love this one. This is why the the sole reason why she keeps going back to the to the my Flip Three is because when she makes a phone call, or sorry, when she answers a phone call, she can open the flip up like in the old days and conduct the call. And when she's finished the call, she can shut it down again. And I, I think that is a major major feature of these flip phones that um that, that do, do you remember that from the old days jamie oh i absolutely love this you know I, you can, <laughs> this this could be the clincher for me to dive into the forum and find a flip phone because i, I completely not realized apart from all the benefits of the screens and the folding and everything else being able to use a flip phone to answer and 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 uh, and finish calls by flipping it is just amazing i love it <laughs> well you might have a yeah. flip four for sale soon ted who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we can we can talk about that um, off air. But the <laughs> but the but yeah, it's very retro and very um very um nice to be able to do that. You've got to set it up, mind you. And when the when the phone was new, it didn't do it by default. It would only work if you use Samsung's own phone app. Um, but now Google have caught up and it works in the Google phone app as well now. So that's good. Um, phone link is working as expected. There's a tiny, tiny bit of latency because you can't plug the cable in, unlike the S23 Ultra. Um, so it's all wireless. And depending on your network, yeah, tiny bit of latency for watching videos. Talking of videos, um, I really like the outside screen. You were talking about um, iPads earlier. Well, the, I remember the, the, the iPod classic. And yeah, yeah. Um, I used to really like consuming um, visual media on my iPod classic. And this is a very, very similar experience. I put a, 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 a shot in the show notes there for you both to see of the, the five and the four. And you can see, firstly, the huge difference it makes between the two sizes of the available screens on the outside, on the cover. Um, but it's just... It, it, 
the whole kind of square or slightly oblong thing or whatever ratio it is just seems to work really, really nicely. And I've spent quite a lot of time this week actually watching video on the outside screen because it's so engaging and so nice. Yeah, of course, if you're watching a movie in the super widescreen like Interstellar, it would just be black bars and it would be fairly unsatisfying. But yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're watching course. reruns of Bottom in 4x3, for example, it would be perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do accept that you know it's not going to work with everything, and you, but you can pinch and zoom it. Um, okay. And you, in actual fact, pretty much anything on the cover screen you can pinch and zoom, in, in, including the cards. You can pinch and zoom those for an overview and muck about with them and take ones yeah. away and add them. It, it, in actual fact, the the cover screen works very much like a um, a Galaxy Watch in that respect. You get this kind of overview of tiles that you can use and it, it, it in some some people are saying it's kind of based around the experience of the, the galaxy watch and it works really really well but the form factor is the greatest benefit here really instantly pocketable instantly turn it into a proper size phone if you need to or want to um the, the, it, the, as i said before it's the the the, the, the one-handed juice is really really good when it's closed i can start my day reading my um, news and socials and catching up in the morning one hand and i can get everywhere on the screen i need to go if i want to save articles for for posting later i can do that with one hand it all worked really really well it's been so well thought out i'm really impressed with what they've done with this between the two generations but more so over what motorola have been doing um as well um there was a time like jamie i think when i would have been saying Yes, I want a Zenfone, I want a, a Pixel 5, um, but this actually works really well. I don't mind that it's fat, but my hand goes everywhere on the screen, one-handed, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I just think it works really, really better. And, and even though it's fat, it's a, you get a good, good grip on it. So lots of reasons, Jamie, for you to get one. <laughs> mm. how, how much of a compromise is the case on it? Because I don't think I trust myself without a case. That, well, that that TPU that you can see in place there um, doesn't compromise it at all. The only well, okay, the only compromise is that it makes it a millimeter bigger in all directions. Um, but you can also get that. I've, I've actually not got the thinnest, slightest, um, smallest TPU I, I could have got. That that one is actually slightly fat. If you look at the picture of the the, the Flip Four on the right. That one has got a really, really, really thin one on it. And you can see the difference. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there's no compromise, though. You open it up the same. The, 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 the TPU doesn't go right round the hinge. So when you open it up, the two halves of the case join together. So the case is in two parts. Um, and there's there's no compromise. Got you. Got you. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah, I, I, I guess you have to accept when you put a case on, it's going to make the phone a bit bigger. Um and as long as it doesn't compromise the form factor, the flippiness of it all, then uh, then happy days. I'm I'm still in. Yeah. The, well, the only, the only thing that I'm actually on reflection, the only thing that I would say is that um, when you're on the cover screen and you're trying to close a, an application, that you see right down at the the bottom left there, there's what pops up is a little close button, and you've got to slide it up. Now, just occasionally, you've got to get your finger right in the corner there. And if you've got a case on, then that's obviously a bit more difficult. But that's the only thing mm-hmm. I can think of. Cool. But given that you love your small phones, Jamie, going to a flip does have also advantages. And you get that open and close thing you'd love as well. So I, I think Ted might be converting you here. 
I he's doing a great job. I have to admit, <laughs> when I think flip phones, I, I think more of the um the pixel flip or, or whatever it's called. Uh the pixel fold, sorry. Yeah. Um I when I think foldable, squishable phones, uh, and that's that's a whole different form factor, isn't it? That's that's yeah, like yeah. a tablet in your pocket, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think I'd really fully considered these uh these form factors, which is a shame on me. Oh, I just meant the last thing to mention, Steve, is that the crease down the middle is almost exactly the same as the Flip 4. I don't think there's any improvement in that. It's not terrible, and after a while you don't feel it, you don't see it, you just get used to it, but it is there. If you want to look for it and hold the phone in the light to see it, it is there. Yeah. Um we We'll leave my uh, resolution of how I fixed my iPhone problems till another show, I think, because this could take a while. But just it, very quickly, I did manage to sort out both the sync and the battery problems. And the battery ones were just worth noting very, very quickly because I, it was draining horribly, like um, 70% in three or four hours. And it's, it turns out it's a known problem. And um, there's a, if you think if you Google forced restart iPhone or forced restart iOS, there's a button sequence which will essentially um, disconnect the, the hardware in software and force everything and all the electronics to restart themselves. And that has completely fixed it. I'll come into more detail, hopefully in the next show when we've got more time. But if, you're too, if you two are having battery problems with an iPhone, with iOS 17, then you need to force restart it. And I'll let you do your Googling for now and we'll give you links next week. Um, Ted, do you want to take us through to the photo of the week? I can do, yes. The photo of the week that I have chosen this week is Smoke Ring. In fact, it was only posted today. Um, <laughs> Adrian Gavin posted this. He took it on a Pixel 8, topically, um, with a with a crop. But it's I, I know what you're going to say, Steve. You hate this. But it, it's nothing more, nothing less than a wonderful artistic image, which could adorn any wall, I think. And it's, it's so easy. Um, every Smoke Ring will be different from billions of variations in physics and gravity. Um, but the the point is with Adrian here is that someone's thought to do it, and that's what makes art art, I think. I love this. Not, be just, not, not just because it reminds me of the days when I was able to smoke, but um, it, it's just a lovely image and a, a great piece of artwork. Jamie, can you see that? Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I mean, it's right up my street. I, I, the, a couple of weeks ago, we were, had reason to build a fire, and I was there taking videos of the fire, just kind of the flames licking upwards towards the sky. So that kind of abstract randomness is, is absolutely great with me. I think it's great. Excellent. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me, Ted, in these days of the James Webb Space Telescope and seeing these wonderful photos of galaxies and space billions of light years away this could yeah. be the, this could be a shot of the salmon nebula in distant darker space <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it looks vaguely like yeah. that so it's a nice nice uh, modern art shot and it's very well done by um, by adrian yeah definitely and I, I would have that on my wall so well done adrian um in the next uh, couple of days we're going to do the december photo of the month and that that's going to round the year off so as soon as we've done that sometime later in january we'll do the photo of the year as well so watch out for that everyone and uh keep your good shots coming and you've got four picks for us from the uh, miwi psc classifieds group ted i have google pixel 7 pro 128 gigabytes obsidian brand new inbox sealed unwanted upgrade 400 quid wow um 
There's an Apple iPhone 15 Pro Max, natural titanium, one terabyte box, pristine with a receipt. And there's a weekend price only going on that. So be quick because that's a thousand quid. I think normally it was um, 1,100 and something. So there's a bit of a bargain there. Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4. 128 gigabytes, pink reduced to 280 quid from last week. Pink. And there's also <laughs> pink. Well, yeah, kind of rose, isn't it? All it's right. a, actually the the my um, flip four is the same colour and it's it's very subtle. Anyway, okay. All right. Um and also the Emerald Dusk Open uh, sorry, OnePlus Open, the five hundred and twelve gigabyte version that we mentioned last week, has been price dropped as well. Nine hundred and twenty five pounds now. Fully boxed with unused accessories. And now for something completely different. There's some really, a couple of really interesting items here. A Realme GT Neo 3T Dragon Ball Z edition. What? 400 quid. <laughs> immaculate. Right. Unused accessories. Blue and orange in color. Or there's a Vivo IQ 12 Pro BMW <laughs> Motorsport edition. These are getting silly. Five 512 gigabytes, uh, 16 gig, um, so a bit of a beast. Offers near 600 quid um, for the, for either of those two. So, Jamie, you fancy one of those? I, I'm Googling them right now. <laughs> and while Jamie's thinking I mean, about what, what his pick would be, um, I'm going to leap in and say that that's the Google set, set, Pixel 7 Pro is probably my pick because it's got those excellent cameras. £400 for something that's going to be supported for another four years. I always say the same thing, Ted. Something with really long support for a major manufacturer always gets my pick. Yeah, and there, and there was a very interesting one that went through in the last couple of days, which was a Pixel 8. I nearly yeah, I nearly yeah. went for it. It was a Pixel 8, 256 gigabytes, being sold for 400 and something quid. And I thought, yeah. that's just such a bargain. Of course, someone snapped it up. So, um, yeah. Uh, you got there yet, Jamie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously the, the Pixel 7 <laughs> is close to my heart as, a, as a, a, a repeat offender for Pixels. However, the Dragon Ball Z phone, if you get to look at it, is stunning colour design. Yeah, it's got yeah, this yeah. bright orange and, and dark blue, and it looks amazing. I mean, again, it's going to have to have a case if it was mine, so it would have to be a clear case because you can't, you can't have that colour phone and let it be hidden behind a, no, a case no. that's not transparent. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yes, you can see everything yeah. in PSC classifieds, and thank you for people who are contributing there. Any last words from you, Ted? Well, Podhub UK, the usual. Um, that's where you'll find links to all the stuff we're doing, and that includes all our audio podcasts, all our MeWe groups, links to go wherever we're going on that. There was a projector room um, show out this week, so go and have a listen to that, and this coming week we'll have a new Whatever Works, so listen to that too. I did get a Pixel Fold um, QPR2 Beta 3. I'm on the um, the Beta Tracks people now. I presume your Pixels... Oh, no, you haven't got any Pixels on the Beta Track anymore, have you, Ted? No, I took my Pixel 7 off of Beta um, for reasons I can't recall right now. <laughs> um, but, I could, but I could put it back any second. So what were you going to say? I was just going to say it arrived, but there's absolutely nothing new whatsoever. I was just looking down the change right. log, expecting a list of uh, new features, and it was just about 50 different fixes, which is fine. Google have fixed things, <laughs> but we're still waiting for actual new features to arrive. For example, app pairs on the Pixel Fold, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, you and your app pairs. One day it will come, you know, and then yeah. you'll be bored with it in five minutes. I will. I'll do a video <laughs> and then I'll be bored with it. Uh, Jamie, any last words from you? Yes, there's nothing wrong with a beta update that's got lots of security fixes in it. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. It's been wonderful to catch up. Um, and yeah, I'll maybe see you again in a few years. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Jamie, do you ever get time to to um, in free time to browse around the MeWe groups, or is that just too much? I do occasionally. Yeah. I mean, I've got the notifications for everything on the forum in case a good deal comes up. Obviously. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I've been known to, to pop in and, and ask the odd obscure question as well. So, uh, no, no, despite being something of a self-proclaimed Android expert, I guess, <laughs> from back in the day, I still need to ask questions as well. Anyway, all the best to you and your family. Thank you for coming on. A cheery goodbye from my two co-hosts. Goodbye. Goodbye. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com, including lots and lots of links and at least a couple of odd images. So we'll, we'll look forward to that, and we'll see you next week here on Phone Show Chat.